0: welcome to you all here and to everyone at home just a a, a reminder like we have to every time make sure your masks up around your nose if you can't wear one that's fine obviously and at the end of the service when the steward asks you to leave can you leave straight through the door not chatting to anybody on the way Uh, and then if you're going to chat outside make sure you're well two meters apart it's hanging about even out there you know and i want to keep you all safe of course if you're at home you don't need to wear your mask at all. <laughs> and so uh, it's wonderful to be worshipping together wherever we are, whether we're here, whether we're at home, whether we're reading this on a service sheet. And so we light our Advent candles and perhaps you might like to light one or more Advent candle if you are at home too. For so each
1: of the Advent readings, a candle burns Fourth marker of our Advent journey. As we continue, may we travel joyfully. God of journeys, draw us to our journey's end.
0: Let us pray. Responses to this prayer and to the one following Creative God, out of blanket blackness you conceived life, bringing energy and light in the spinning earth. You were there in cycles and seasons, giving purpose and plan. We praise you for your creative power. Redeeming God, you did not remain aloof from your creation. You committed yourself to individuals, calling them to step out in faith. You chose a nation to be your people and brought them out of slavery with signs and wonders. And then, beyond all expectation, you came in the person of Jesus through the obedience of a young woman. We praise you for your redeeming love, sustaining God. You continue your creative work. You continue to redeem. You have caught us up in your timeless purpose and drawn us into your covenant. Creative, redeeming, sustaining God, we worship you. Amen. Into our world, as into Mary's womb, come, Lord Jesus into the forgotten places as into the stable come lord, jesus. come lord jesus into the lives of the poor bringing hope into the lives of the powerful bringing caution into the lives of the weary bringing rest into the lives of the wise bringing restlessness and into our lives and longings whatever our estate Come Lord, Jesus. come, Lord Jesus. This is the good news. Christ is coming, and blessed are those who wait in the Lord. Therefore come quickly, Lord. Come quickly, Lord. Amen. We say together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father who is in heaven hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. We're going to hear now our reading. Anne's going to read to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 56. But it's read from the Book of Books by Trevor Dennis, which I have here. Um, Trevor Dennis was a a dean at Chester Cathedral and a canon theologian. And uh, the whole of the Bible verses are in there with a little bit round it.
1: One day God sent an angel to Nazareth. The angel was called Gabriel and Gabriel knew exactly which house to go to. Mary was on her own in her parents' house. She was betrothed to Joseph but their marriage was not yet complete. And she was still living with her mother and father. She was looking forward to the day when she and Joseph would live together. Her family was pleased about marriage too, or Joseph was descended from King David. Suddenly the house became a holy place Heaven had come to earth, and the room was filled with an angel. Greetings, Gabriel said to Mary. You are someone very special to God, covered from head to foot in His grace. God is with you. Mary was not expecting an angel. She was not expecting what he had just said either. She was bewildered, alarmed even. What did it all mean? The angel saw her fear. Don't be afraid, Mary. God has given you something very special to do. Very soon you will conceive a child in your womb. You will have a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be a great man. He will be called the son of the most high God, and God will give him the throne of David. He will be king of the Jews forever, and his kingdom will never come to an end. Mary hardly heard most of that, After the words, very soon you will conceive a child, her mind went into a spin. How will this be, she cried, I am a virgin and Joseph and I are not yet living together. The Holy Spirit will protect you and will surround you with the peace of God, the angel replied the Spirit will turn all to grace and make your child holy. He will be called the Son of God. You know your cousin Elizabeth, the one who has no children. She and her husband have been trying for a child for years and years, haven't they? Well, God has taken away all the disgrace she has felt all her hopelessness, all her blaming herself. Elizabeth is expecting a son. She is already six months pregnant. Now you see what God can do. Elizabeth, expecting a child? Mary could hardly believe it. Then I will be God's servant, she said. Let it happen to me, as you say. The servant of God, that's what she'd said. Abraham was called God's servant. So was Moses, King David, and the prophets. So was Hannah, Samuel's mother. Abraham, Moses, Hannah, David, prophets. And now. Mary of Nazareth. She felt like the proudest woman on earth. She was a member of God's household. Where God went, she would go. Gabriel saw her pride and smiled. Then he left and Mary was once more alone in the house. Soon after Gabriel appeared to her, Mary traveled south to the town in the hills of Judea, where her cousin Elizabeth lived. By this time, she herself was pregnant. The two women embraced one another, and the child in Elizabeth's womb seemed to jump for joy. So you're expecting a baby too, Elizabeth exclaimed. And I know who your child will be as well. The Spirit of God has shown me that. Everyone will call him Lord. Well, well, I'm expecting a baby at long last. And now this. Now you and the special child that you will have. The women laughed and Mary broke into song. God is great, she sang. God is my savior and my warm delight. For he has come to my rescue, taken me from nowhere, from nothing, put me on his pedestal, lifted me as high as heaven. This is the way of God. He turns the world quite upside down. The high and mighty fly scattered to the winds. The weak and the poor are raised to the heights. The rich go empty away and the hungry are filled with good things. This is how our God has always been since Abraham so long ago and the promises he received. This is the mercy we have always known. This is God's strength, to turn tables over and set free those who are oppressed. From now on, everyone will remember me, and call me blessed by God. God is great. God is great. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then went home to Nazareth. Very soon after that, Elizabeth had her child, a son. She called him John. Her husband agreed that that should be his name since an angel of God had told him what the name should be even before the child was conceived. One day, Jesus and John would meet each other down by the river Jordan. Amen.
0: Thank you, Anne, for reading that very long reading very beautifully. Thank you. We're going to sing, uh, or in our hearts and our minds here, and hopefully out loud at home, the hymn the only hymn that we can uh, sing this morning or one of the, the hymns we must sing this morning uh, because we're thinking about Mary on this the fourth Sunday of Advent so in a moment we're going to hear the angel Gabriel from heaven came you won't be able to see very well from there and you might see him passing outside I have my Christmas earrings this morning I have the angel and Mary um, I, I have a collection of Christmas earrings but this these ones seemed appropriate for this morning so Let's uh, join in in our hearts or our voices wherever we are. The angel Gabriel from heaven came. I wonder if it's possible for us to see uh, one of the pictures that was in the slide. I've seen it flick up at one point, the yellow one with a lady sat on. It's not easy, flicking between things. I think we need to be extremely grateful to Anton and Andy for all that they are doing. When I say it's not easy, though, it is learnable. So if anybody might like to try and help them out, that would be useful. So, this is my favourite picture of the Annunciation, or when the angel came to tell Mary she was going to have a baby. It's by, um, it's by an artist called Henry Asawa Tanner. Um, and it's long enough ago that it is free copyright, so that's okay, Andy, okay? I checked where I like to put it up. She's definitely young. She might have been as young as the 12, 13, or 14 that she might actually have been. She's alone. And she looks like she's been woken up by her visitor from her bed in a corner. She's sitting on her disheveled bed and she looks to me like she's listening very carefully. She doesn't look meek to me as some people describe Mary. She looks more like that certain teenage face that some of you might remember or recognise. I think I gave it to my mum quite a lot. A little sardonic, perhaps. A little... OK, get on with it. Perhaps, perhaps, Tanner thought like I do that God had chosen very carefully... Mary might need ultimately to be obedient, but she would also need courage and grit and some obstinacy. Gentle, meek and mild wasn't gonna cut it. She doesn't look terrified. In fact, the way Luke tells us the angel doesn't even say, don't be afraid, which is most unusual for angels. Nearly every time they appear in the Bible, they have to say, don't be afraid. Because actually, as I tell little boys, every, uh, well most, not this year, but every nativity, when I'm plonking tinsel on their heads, because they haven't got to be a shepherd or Joseph, angels in the Bible are male and flipping scary. Not pink and fluffy and girly. So she's not afraid, I don't think. And she pumps him for more information. She doesn't just stand there and take what she's given. She challenges what he asserts. It's not possible for me to be pregnant. So how's that going to happen then? But once she is satisfied, she assents and she willingly accepts what God has planned for her and for all humankind. And then she needs to tell someone. To share this immense news. A bit like today's world. When you might want to rush something off on social media to tell the world. But you can't because it would upset several people and shock a few others. And you just can't. So she rushes to see her cousin Elizabeth. Who knows immediately the significance of this baby. Even over her own miraculous baby. Two pregnant women with very special but not uncontroversial pregnancies. One very young and unmarried. One much older, so far childless and now probably menopausal. One would be the cause of dishonor to her family and to that of the man she was to marry. And one already a cause for pity, and now the cause of talk and intrigue as to how she suddenly managed to get pregnant. Of course, young women not yet married have always got pregnant throughout history. And those who are thought to be past their childbearing years have had surprise babies. In fact, I heard of a lady back last year who had a baby at 53 that was quite a surprise. But these two babies did need divine, the divine in their conception. They needed the miraculous because of who they would grow up to be and the jobs that they already had assigned to them. You'll note that I haven't used the word virgin yet. Hebrew words with similar meaning to virgin were used both of young women who had not had sex and of older women who were past their childbearing years. One of these words that is used in the Bible that we translate virgin means simply young woman who has not yet had a child. Whether she's married or not. And the Hebrew word Alma, which is the word that means young woman who has not yet had a child, is the word used in the prophecy of Isaiah that says a virgin will... La 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 la, we remember that. I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to tell you your beliefs are wrong. But... To me, it's not important one way or the other. Mary is an incredibly special woman. And God did an incredibly special thing. I know some of you, the detail will be immensely important. And that's fine too. But whatever we believe... Mary and Elizabeth's pregnancies were very special. And that miraculous importance pointed to the importance of each of those children, those boys, as they were born. In the case of Jesus, of course, huge cosmic importance. I think that God chose both women well. Women who could presumably deal with the questioning and obstreperousness of husbands in those situations. Women who could hold their own worth through scandal and prurient interest from their communities. Women who would bring up their sons already knowing that their adult lives would be dangerous, difficult and notorious, and that their own hearts would be ultimately broken by their early deaths, most highly favoured indeed to be thought up to that task. I don't have a picture to show you on the screen now of my other favourite picture of Mary but if you do have access to a computer go and have a look, at, look it up. It's in the cathedral close in Salisbury where I trained for ministry. She's a sculptor called The Walking Madonna by Elizabeth Frink. When I was looking at the two images to prepare this, these two artists didn't know each other, these two works were made at very different times, but do you know what? Frink's Mary could almost be Tanner's Mary grown up in older age. She is gaunt and thin, and careworn, but she strides determinedly away from the sanctuary of the cathedral as if among the people and into the town. The lines of the life she was to lead following that visit from that angel are etched deeply on her face and body, but she still strides on responding to whatever life throws at her, serving God among God's people. Wherever there are communities to be looked after, the poor to be fed and clothed, the sick and dying to be nursed, and children to be brought up to be useful adults, there are strong, gritty, determined women like Mary. The world may have changed a little, they may now do these things as politicians or community workers, health service managers or charity CEOs. Although there is still often amazement at what a mere woman can achieve and the choice of a woman for a difficult task and of course in many parts of the world women still are not given those positions. And before anyone is too upset it's not to say that men don't work hard and that they do good, and that they follow God's will as well. But today is Mary's day. It's not your turn. As Christians, we hope to be able to do what God wills for us, to perform the tasks set for us to do, to hand ourselves over to God's will. For me, Mary's example says we don't need to be afraid. If we've been asked then God knows we can do it. We don't have to do it unquestioningly, though. It's okay to find out some facts, to ask some questions, to test the waters before we say yes. And doing what we are called to do will not always bring unalloyed happiness and protection from the disappointments and the difficulties of life. But saying yes does guarantee that God is with us. There's that phrase again. God is with us. And there is ultimate contentment and joy, which is not necessarily the same thing as happiness at all. Deep joy in doing what God asks. As we get to know each other better, I will probably tell you more of my own call over my lifetime. It hasn't all been simple, unquestioning obedience, I can tell you. But I can say following where and when I have been called, and not simply into ministry, as if it were some sort of culmination of faith, because it really isn't. Following ultimately brings contentment. And I can sing with Mary that my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. Amen. We're coming now to our prayers of intercession, which also have a response. We pray today for those who feel far from themselves and others, especially all those deeply disappointed and worried by the change of the Christmas rules yesterday, for those longing to see their friends and families. We pray that this Advent season might, in the midst of demand, provide soft nights and ease, so that people can return to themselves, knowing you, too, are always in the heart and always wait for us with kindness. We ask this in the name of all that is good. We remember today all who have not given their consent, but whose lives and bodies and integrity are taken for granted. For them we pray for justice, reparation and truth. We ask this in the name of all that is good. Today we remember that God surprised us by coming among us through the yes of Mary. Let us always be open to the surprise of finding God in unexpected places. We ask this in the name of all that is good. Amen. And we bring before God now all those people and situations that are on our hearts and our minds, particularly at the moment. We ask to know how to bring God's care, love and justice into those situations. And we bring ourselves, our own deepest needs and wants and fears and cares. We ask all our prayers in the name of the Prince of Peace. Amen. And now, Lord, we bring to you the offerings of our finances, our service, and our hearts. We ask you to bless each gift, and each of us, whether we give through the bank or send cheques, whether we prepare the worship each week, send the emails, print and post the paper, whether we ring people, do shopping for others, knit blankets, and we pray for each other and for the world. Whatever we do for you, our Lord, we ask you to bless and to use for your coming kingdom. Amen. We hear and sing my favourite, I don't know if it's an Advent hymn or a Christmas hymn, we, I think it works nearly all year round really, but it's one of my favourites. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. We can all next year be together and belt that out. We pray for that. We long for that. Come, Lord Jesus. And so our next service is on Christmas Day on Zoom. If you don't have a computer, you don't like to use a computer, or your computer doesn't manage Zoom, you can ring in and join in uh, on the phone if you want to. Um, Obviously, you may have other things to be doing, and there will be uh, lots of other places, I'm sure, on the television and uh, and other places where you could access a service. But if you want to join us, then speak to somebody who who does do computers. You can speak to me or you can speak to one of the stewards or whoever, um, and they will give you the phone number and tell you what you need to do. Okay, There isn't a service at all on the 27th. Um, it being just a couple of days afterwards the superintendent minister has said let's have no services across the circuit just to give everybody a break uh, including people like Anton and Andy and, uh, and Glynis uh, you know it's it's difficult to get these things out after Christmas we should be back in here on the third with booking as usual but we will see what the announcements are and we will make decisions about not only what is allowed but what we feel is safe for this area and this congregation. So hopefully we will be back here on the 3rd and I will be here too. In the meantime, I wish all of you a very blessed and joyful Christmas, whatever else it might look like. Whatever else we can and can't do, the savor of the Lord is still born, is still here for us, God is with us. So, we return to the world from which we came. A world that needs to hear God's words of hope, of peace and of love. Let's say together, we pray that God who leads by a star will bring us to the place where the hope of the world is born where the light of the nation shines bright, and where the Prince of Peace will come to reign, may we know the gift of this this Christmas time and always. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this Christmas time and always. Amen. Amen.